Hello, and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. And this week, we're going to do something we've never done before, which is a year-end wrap-up. We've talked about a lot of different streaming shows and movies over the past year, so we thought we'd talk about our top five from the whole year. Before we do that, I was just going to share a couple of different listener emails that I thought were worth sharing on the air. One is from is just short and sweet from Brian Cipherline, and the subject is Witcher, and he says, I binge-watched this in three days, and it was very good. Looking forward to season two, which I think we more or less agree with, although I still haven't finished it yet. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys, because I missed last week. I assume that you guys missed me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I what answered was, right faster. How do I, how do I feel about The Witcher? <laughs> You neither of you answered fast enough. Let's just be real. Um, so I like it. Should I? Should I spend time on it? I can't decide. Oh, I think uh, yeah. it's 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 silly, but it's it's fun and and yeah. I, I mean, I think it's it's interesting and it's worth watching, but it's not like it's not in my top five. Huh? It's a, it's a test of whether or not you guys know me really. Yeah, I, after yeah. all this time talking about TV together, should I? I think you'll I? love it. I think he, I think you'll really enjoy it. I think you'll really? like it. I don't think you'll. I don't think you'll love it. I think you'll like it though. Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'll report back next week or maybe the week after because I'm supposed to. Marie's coming back. We're gonna watch Killing Eve. Have you guys watched Killing Eve? I've seen the no. first season, which I liked a lot. Yeah, she wants to watch that, so that's what's gonna happen. I'll report back on both. How about that? Okay. Um, we have one other email I wanted to read, which is from Salvatore Profaci. I apologize if I'm not uh, pronouncing that correctly. And it goes, good morning. First time emailing. I love your podcast and particularly Jordan's really thoughtful slash intelligent critiques. Mm. This podcast definitely falls into the category of listening to smart people talk about things I enjoy, and I am totally here for it. I especially enjoyed your recent reviews of The Crown and Succession. Anyway, I just wanted to contribute my vote to have Reign of the Empress featured in an upcoming podcast. <laughs> Did you make this one up? There's what too a many nice, ingredients. Who is this person? Yeah, this feels... This is a good person. Um, you know, I mean, you know, maybe a little little too impressed with Jordan at the expense of everyone else, but Oh my take God, it. I'll totally take it. It feels like a plot, though. It feels like it might have been one of you guys. It feels like... Well, no, but you would be the one because it's so... Why would... No, that's so obvious. I would never <laughs> do that. That just puts all eyes on me. I would never, ever compliment myself in a fake email. That just... Oh Jordan, God, are you give me so much anxiety. Oh my God, can you imagine? This is just <laughs> smart people talking about smart stuff. Well, wait, hold on. Can you tell me the shows that they mentioned again? The Crown and Succession. Oh, my God. It does sound like it's me, doesn't it? (laughs) That's so scary. It's not me, you guys. I swear. I feel like it might be one of you guys trying to, like, you know, amp me up, gas me up. I think this is the, you know, this is a natural response to the great work that we do on this podcast. I mean, if if I were just a random listener, this is the email that I would write. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what it sounds like it sounds uh, like Salvatore, thank you so much that is that is an awesome email we we do yes. appreciate it and um so he and one other reader uh joshua andrzejewski um both suggested that daryl read his reign of the empress star wars fan fiction 
on the on the podcast. Uh, I think there were some tweets you got, Jordan, that also were voting for that, right? Yeah, I did. Do you want me to bring them up? <laughs> One was from Anna Escher, who is our audience man on audience development manager. So that counts. <laughs> There was also one that said release the Etherington cut, which I just like the uh, <laughs> no. I like the vibe of that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Consider this a tweet request. I mean release the Etherington cut. I want to hear the Star Wars fanfic. I mean, one person tweeted twice, so we could count wow, that. different things twice? Yeah, tw- t- he tweeted two times. He said, I want to hear the Star Wars fanfic. And then he tweeted again. And he said, release the at Etherington cut. Wow, okay. So that is a lot. That's um, I'm counting that as two for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Daryl, so did you go home for the holidays? Do we know if the Etherington cut exists? I did go home for the holidays, but I realized I don't think anything is there anymore. I think I have to look in my storage unit and then that'll be the decider because i'm pretty sure i actually finally moved all my crap out of my parents place and or threw away what was left um like not even that long ago which is embarrassing because i'm an older man (laughs) but like yeah i think it's if it's anywhere it's going to be in my in my storage unit so i'll i'll take a look through that there it's actually not that there's not that much stuff to go through, so I should be able to find it pretty quickly if it, if it still exists. All right. Well, it sounds like this is going to happen, but you should still email us at originalcontent at techcrunch.com because there's always a chance that Daryl will try to pretend that it doesn't exist or he'll read it and not want to share it. So I think the more mail we get about this, the more pressure we can apply. So please keep it coming. Yeah, we're into applying pressure on this. I really want to hear it. I think you guys will want to hear it too. It's worth noting that Daryl went to school for writing. He is not only not, a professional not writer. Not <laughs> Let's remember. I'm just saying, <laughs> even if it was young Daryl, he's a very skilled and accomplished author. He can he has a way with the words. So we want to. This is not just like any old Star Wars fanfic. He's a professional author here, oh, yeah, looking for good. some. Good expectation yeah. setting. No, we want it, and it's going to be great. <laughs> I know it will. I'm behind you, man. Sweet. All kind right. of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of, you know, we'll see. Um, do we want to do top fives now? Is that all our mail? Yeah, that's it. Let's do the top fives. And I should say that probably if you've listened to any other kind of top 10 or top five podcast, you're probably used to having people divide things up into like movies and TV. And we're not going to do any of that because this is our own thing. And we're just going to put it all together, all into a list. And we haven't told each other what we put on our top five. So I have no idea if we're just going to like sound like we're living in completely different universes or not. I think we will. I think I am pretty all over the place on, on my own with my top five. Like there, I not one is not like any of the others really. Um, I don't know if that's true for you guys. And also, it's worth noting that I pulled mine from our reviews. So I actually Mm. went through and did the last year of original content episodes and picked my top five from that. So there are things like, you know, on HBO, particularly, I kind of stayed away from because I would just end up with a top five HBO list. Um, 
that may not be my ultimate top five ever, you know, 2019, but this is my top five from original content. I thought that was worth noting. Yeah, mine is not strictly stuff we talked about in original content. Or, wait, it might actually be, but that's accidental if it is. Like, I didn't, th- I didn't set out to do that. Yeah, I didn't include, like, movies I've seen in theaters and stuff like that. I just... Neither did I, but I also didn't rate any of them highly enough to include them. Yeah, I only so have there. one movie on mine, and it's an honorable mention, so it's not even top five. But anyway, uh, who wants to go first with their with their number five selection? Well, we're starting from the bottom. Now we here. Yeah, I yeah. think we should. We should ramp up to our top picks. Okay. Yeah, where's your sense of showmanship, Daryl? I don't have these ranked. <laughs> I have to do oh, a quick ranking. What? How do you do a top five without ranking? Point. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, Anthony, why don't you go first while he ranks, and I'll okay. I'll, I'll, um, your number five selection. My number five is the Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance, which oh, is a show. Cool. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I I stand behind it. I think that especially vision. I think the story is fine. Sort of takes a while to get started. Um, and I say this to somebody who has not seen, still has not seen the Dark Crystal movie, which is embarrassing at this point. But I still haven't seen it partly because we have to watch so much for this podcast. But I think visually the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance just doesn't look like anything else. Like what they achieved primarily with puppets and from what I understand, a little bit of CGI, I think is just amazing. It's like probably visually one of the most amazing things this year. Again, I think the story is fine. I don't think it's like a badly written show, but but I, I would put it on the list just because it's such a unique and beautiful experience. Yeah, I didn't have it on mine, but like that is a that one makes sense. Makes sense. Lots of sense. Wow, I didn't even think of it. Good, good pick. Good pick. Makes sense. Lots of sense. Oh, Daryl. Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Dark Crystal to the point where, like, I heard this woman in the airport the other day, like, suggesting it really, like, vehemently to someone, and I like really had to control myself not to intervene. Like, I wanted to be like, don't watch it. But I do hear you. It was pretty spectacular to look at. It just, I couldn't, I was so also so ugh, freaked out by puppets that I couldn't, I couldn't do it. But remember their good top five. That was good old kissing. Puppet. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get out of my head. <laughs> you just made it so real again. Ooh. No, I was super into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the kissing specifically. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, weirdo. Okay. Well, whatever. Consent is the most important part. Anyways, uh, Daryl. Uh, so, okay. Let's do a five. Uh, I'll put... Um, uh, I guess I'll put C at five because I was weird about including it to begin with. But I thoroughly enjoyed every minute i spent watching that stupid ass show so it has to go on there um c is in my top five okay good great see not a not a it's my number two actually not my number five i feel like on balance a lot of mine are kind of like what what you might term guilty pleasures on other people's list (laughs) but uh i i don't know i just loved uh i found it it was like a real page turner of a show even though it's not a book like it really 
it, it's the only one of the Apple TV ones that I actually uh, watched diligently as they were available. And that's not to say I didn't like the other ones, but I even even um, for all mankind, which I think is arguably a better show in most ways. It, I'm not caught up on it. I didn't feel that I absolutely needed to go and watch every single one as they came out. I still plan to finish it, but I did. Yeah, it, C was the only one that I was like, "Oh, I'm really excited to see the new um, one episode of the show and see what happens to this weird, stupid universe that they've created." Yeah, I felt the same way, and I I got a little concerned like midway through the season. I really truly believe still that these Apple TV shows should be bingeable. Like I think both C and the morning show and probably for all mankind all would have benefited from being able to just consume it on a weekend and the talk around it and like how you feel about it, I think would have been better, but I still, I love C. I think it, is really good world building. It might be like an hyperbolic for me to say this, but it feels like it's filling a space that game of Thrones left behind a little bit. Like it's obviously not as grand a scale. There aren't as many characters. There aren't as many like interwoven stories, which I'm still lacking a little bit in my TV world, but mm. the world building and the character development and the attachment to the characters and, just kind of the antihero piece to it as well. There are some really like dynamic, interesting characters that you like hate and are disgusted by, but also like hope that they make it, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a, I just, it's just a really complex, interesting show and I really enjoy it. And I did look forward every week when it was Friday. I was like, yeah, see. So yeah, it's on my, t- it's on my list as well. It's in the number two slot. Good choice. Yeah. I think they did, uh, um, like they did they did do a good job of it wasn't it's not like a lot of shows now where there's like so much complexity going on but they also managed to throw in a bunch of like what the heck this thing happened and some of them were admittedly like stunty like maybe yeah. too crazy but that was part of its popcorn appeal right of like this character is actually this like what and it actually makes no sense in the narrative (laughs) at all but it's fun and and your your expectations are set such that you're like i don't need to think too hard about any of this so i'm i'm along for the ride right so it doesn't bother you whereas it would bother you a lot i mean the the like game of thrones last season is one of those examples where like there was so much that people took issue with but it's kind of like you set yourself up for that by doing a stellar job in, in some of the earlier seasons, right? Yeah, well, and I think there's still, there are many characters that we have yet to meet, I feel like, and see, and there's also a lot of history that we have yet to see, and I'm interested to see what happens in season two in terms of do we understand a little, do, does the things that don't make sense make more sense with a little history and context added to them, or is it feel even further, you know, a field and then who have we not met yet? Cause there's so much opportunity and they did a good job of this in season one, but there's a lot of opportunity to see kind of new worlds, even though we're on earth, um, new worlds, new cultures, new people. It seems like because of the basic premise of these like tribal groups that there's a lot of interesting things left to see, you know, hopefully. So I'm mm-hmm. excited about season two. I think season one was great. 
kudos to all involved. Um, my number five on my list is kind of geeky, but it's you on Netflix. Oh, oh. boy. Yeah, I mean, I hate to have it on one of my lists, but the truth of the matter is that I binged it so hard when it came out at the end of 2018, and I immediately watched it all when it came out now, and I thought season two was even better than season one, and it is just one of those shows, right? It's like It feels like a little bit like... um there's this class of show that's replacing what at least I used to be obsessed with in high school, which is like the one tree Hill seventh Mm. heaven Dawson's Creek, like that CW teen drama. And it like grew it up and gave it to us as 20 something, 30 somethings. And I just, (laughs) I really appreciate that for whatever reason. I like the, the fact that you get the narrative in his head. Um, did you guys get to watch season two at all? No, I've only seen the first season. Uh, no, I haven't seen any of it. Which, like, actually, David Klein asked us on Twitter about this as as a topic for show review. Uh, I didn't respond <laughs> because I don't. This is not one that I have any particular interest in watching. But uh, Tara really liked season one and and is interested to watch season two. So if there's no... Well, I don't want to do super spoilers and lose a bunch of listeners. But it sounds like there's no interest in talking about it. Maybe next week I will just talk about season two of you just to get it off my chest and that way David will have it. Um. But anyways, I don't know. It's creepy and it's thrillery kind of, but in a way that never feels unsafe or unsettling. And it's kind of sexy and it's kind of funny. And it's just like easy to watch. Like you could literally sit there and just be done in whatever, eight hours. (laughs) Just be like, wait, what happened? It's just, it's it's a great watch. (laughs) It kind of reminds me of Dexter. It's got that kind of vibe where you like, love your hero but you're also like you are a fucking sicko freak but i really hope you end up happy with this girl and i don't know why i feel like that the whole time (laughs) i don't know it's like particularly in season two in season one it was really gross like i just it felt like he was definitely a psychopath and she was a really unlovable character for me a lot of people really like beck but i just did not give a shit about her i I thought she was so uninteresting and it blew my mind because the whole season one revolves around all these people essentially falling in love with Beck to the point where they get obsessed and do crazy things. Like not just our main character, but like other people also are like totally thrown off by this woman. And I just didn't get that. Like Beck to me wasn't that. Mm. In season two, though, I really do have like high hopes for (laughs) him and his girlfriend, which is weird, but in like a twisted anti-hero way, but I still, I don't know. It's a, it's just an interesting show. That's I'm going to stop talking about it for hmm. fear of saying something stupid, but yeah. All right. Well, should we move on to our number fours? Yeah. Uh, Daryl, do you want to do your number four? Okay. Yeah, I'll do my number four. Uh, this one, I think I'll put, I think you should leave as my number four. 
I Ooh. love that. Um, Shit, I should have put that on. That is also a very good choice. Yeah, it is immensely funny. So, so good. It's, I rewatched it at least twice, probably some of them more than that, and um, still enjoy them whenever they pop up as like references in my Twitter feed or where, wherever. And I really look forward to season two, which I'm pretty sure is confirmed at this point. I think it was confirmed. So, I, I yeah, I don't love... It's like a format that I haven't seen anything really interesting in, in a long time. I don't know. There's not been tons of great um, sketch comedy programs. Like, even Saturday Night Live is pretty lumpy like it's not uh often good uh with you know some notable exceptions so it's just awesome to see something that was like so consistently hilarious and even like my other my previous old school favorites like mr show um also pretty hit or miss and like don't have uh like deep like real laughs in any of them most of them are like kind of like cerebral like oh yeah that's funny i get why that's funny and clever or whatever um whereas i think you should leave is is real laughs throughout and and basically every sketch hits uh, for me at least so loved it yeah it's definitely my favorite sketch show right now and it probably would have been on my top five if i'd remembered to put it on there (laughs) (laughs) yeah i liked it you know how i feel about it it was kind of like that uncomfortable humor that I don't I think that's just a personal preference it's not my favorite but I still had some belly laughs and mostly enjoyed it so it's a good one I like that we're like going for kind of like the hidden gems you know we're not doing like the top five 2019 generalist list well I, I don't appreciate. know save it are you guys gonna I hope you're not gonna put like Game of Thrones as your number one <laughs> Can no, I just ask, I would, is no. Game of Thrones on anybody's list? It is not. No. Okay, cool. Because, like, Game of Thrones is what it is. It's obviously, like, I don't want to get too down this rabbit hole. It's, like, great. <laughs> it's great, but, like, it's not what this is about. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, and, and if anyone wants, we have six hours of, of the show. I think more than six hours of the show devoted to uh, discussing this entire final season. So yeah. listen in real time as we our opinions about the show change. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, I didn't, my opinion hasn't changed. Is that the signal that I just gave you? No, no, I meant not that since, but I mean that if you listen while we were doing the six episodes, I think there was a lot of enthusiasm at the beginning and then some enthusiasm started to dissipate as we saw more and more of the final season. Yeah, I definitely had a quick turnaround on that one. (laughs) I think the second episode, I was like, this is my favorite episode of Game of Thrones ever. And by like episode four, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, Who, Anthony, do you want to do four or should I do four? Sure. Uh, I can do number four. Um, So this is actually something that we did not review, but was on Netflix this year. It is season two of The O.A., Oh, and, that's a good pick too. Yeah, it's uh. So this is a show that actually was canceled this year after season two. So it's basically a complete story in in two seasons. I mean, it, it sort of ends on a cliffhanger. So, um, in in that sense, it's sort of disappointing. But in other ways, I I think it 
kind of feels like the right ending to the show um, without getting yeah. into, into details there. But the so it, it basically is like taking a lot of the the story that was set up in the first season of the OA about this, you know, woman who sort of mysteriously regained her sight and brings together these these this group of people who she thinks can basically help her find her friends who have jumped into a different dimension. And uh, I, I'll, I think this is fair at this point, like is to say that like at the end of the first season of the OA, she does actually make the leap to somewhere else. And in season two, you get to explore that somewhere else while also following um, the, the character she left behind. And it's, you know, I think the show in general, like in terms of the writing is can be a little bit kind of all over the place and very emo, very a little bit ridiculous sometimes. But it again is like not doesn't feel like any other show that I can think of on Netflix or on TV. And the second season in particular, I really liked for just the style and the mood because part of what the the season centers on is this augmented reality game that draws all these people to this mysterious house and the way all of that is shot and the way it shoots San Francisco in general is like suddenly like a pl- San Francisco is a city I lived in for five years and by the time I left I was very very over it and this suddenly created this sense of mystery and beauty in the city that I felt was like so familiar and and so just like it just gave me this feeling that no other show did and so for that reason alone, I had to put it on my list. I like that. I I have not seen the OA, but it feels like a show that I would like and be mad to finish season two and learn that they canceled it all over again. Um, they did cancel it, right? I'm not mixing yeah. that up with something. Yeah, it's definitely on my list. I don't. I feel like you guys have told me what it's about like three or four times, and it just goes in and out, you know. Well, it doesn't have like an easy to explain concept. There's like a lot of weird pieces that kind of fit together. So I I understand. Yeah, it's weird. Wait, uh, so Daryl, you've seen the second season? Yes. Yeah. And uh, you liked it? Yeah, I did. I really did like it a lot. And yeah, I think I think it, like looking back at it, it's like yeah, I get that they wanted to go somewhere else with the ending, but. I also agree with you that it's like, this is a totally fine and satisfying ending for me, uh, regardless of the fact that it was cliffhangery, so to speak. Right. So I, I do like that. I'm, you know, it's sad for them that it was canceled, but I, I don't think it suffers at all for viewers that it was canceled. I think it's like a perfectly good contained, um, two stories really. I mean, uh, each season is more or less its own separate story. Um, yeah. But like kind of like the leftovers, um, you know, the, it. I, I think it's I think it benefits from its brevity. I think it's one of those things where if they had really gone on much longer, you, it would have it would have been really interesting to see them try to strain that thing. Like like basically a lot of what the show does, I don't think this is spoilers, like feels to me like taking a concept you came up with 
like chatting with your friend when you were high maybe and then like stretching that into like a full uh multi-hour drama that covers an entire season of television right and and that sounds bad but it's like it's cool that they actually did it successfully in in both cases of both of these seasons um and i i don't want to tempt fate by being like okay now do it again like because i feel Mm -hmm. like the the chances are pretty high it would have gone way off the rails in the next season but who knows right um, i mean the only counter i would have to that is that i think the second season is a step not like a dramatic step up but but it, i think it is better than the first season so maybe they yes. would have done an even better season yeah that's fair i yeah i agree with that i think it does yeah i think it is actually much better in a lot of ways than the first season even though i like both seasons so Jordan. Yes, we're on four, right? We're on four. All right, mine is Shrill on Hulu with A.D. Bryant. Oh, yeah, that was that was really good. Shrill, I, I just didn't know that. You would like it, I think, Daryl. You and Tara both, probably. Um, yeah, I just thought that it was really funny. I mean, I'm a big A.D. Bryant fan. I think she's hilarious amazing actress and uh i obviously it was really funny but it was also like i don't know it was just super relatable in a lot of ways too like it just felt very like grounded and down to earth um i I don't know i just i i thought it was really funny it had a good story arc for season one i'm excited to see hopefully there's going to be a season two i would like to see one but i just rewatched it recently on the plane i was on the plane and i was like oh it's been a while since i seen this i bet i would enjoy it again and i i watched it on like one of the berlin flights i think and i was just laughing out loud on the plane again for the second time and just you know reminded me man this is a good show season two is premiering january 24th jordan perfect this year right now asking ye shall yeah. receive is coming mm-hmm. yeah that's exciting yeah. you should definitely watch it daryl i think you'd like it and anthony i think you i remember you liking it too when we reviewed it i did mm-hmm. yeah yeah i thought it i i i didn't necessarily blow me away but but i thought it was very solid um and was doing you know i think in terms of like the treatment of the of the character and her weight and stuff i think was doing some really interesting things so definitely a fan yeah it just yeah. felt like they were going for it you know it's like kind of bold but it also made it all more relatable and like even when unrealistic things were happening plot wise like they felt more realistic i don't know what were you gonna say daryl uh i can't really say much about it except it looks good based on the synopsis i just read which is where i found the you know renewal information but, oh it was uh, it was Devin that did this with us because he like uh, knew the writer remember of yeah, the, there's a like, portland the based on mm-hmm. wait is he in yeah. seattle Portland? whatever you know, same place. It's the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Great. Great. Okay. Yeah. So that's my four. Nice. All right. Uh, I guess I can share my number three, which is the Umbrella Academy. Oh, I had a oh, feeling that one of you guys too. would pounce on that. <laughs> Dang, I didn't have that on mine either. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know what's on Daryl's because I feel like there. I expected Dark Crystal and. Um, whatever Anthony just said. I think I had a recency effect problem in mine, but uh... yeah, no, I was trying to avoid the recency effect. But I also think that a lot of what came out recently 
is some of my favorite stuff. Yeah, That's tough. yeah, I agree. It's a tough one. Well, um, for people who didn't listen to our episodes about the Umbrella Academy, it's this superhero show on Netflix that premiered kind of at the beginning of this year about these. Um, at the beginning, at the very beginning, they're basically kids who were all born on the same day with these different superpowers. But most of the show actually takes place when they're adults and their mentor who sort of gathered them together um, to uh, to like fight crime basically uh, has died. And they've kind of all gone their separate ways at this point. So they're all brought back together by his death. And it is just this very emotionally driven superhero show and and the, I think one of the things, the real strengths of the show, it's based on this comic that's written by uh, uh, Gerard Way uh, from My Chemical Romance. And I I don't know how involved he was in on the musical side of things, but I think it just has this really, really strong sense of music and visual style where there's just multiple scenes that are just these like perfect three-minute scenes set to music. I mean, the... the probably the one that kind of made the rounds the most was a scene in the first episode where each of the characters is on their own dancing to the Tiffany song. I think we're alone now. And it is just this really perfect distillation of each of the characters. And there's a couple other moments like that in the show that I've like just gone back and watched. There's like a dance scene in, in one of the middle episodes that I just think is, is really sad and beautiful and and so it, it's pretty close to the ideal version of what I would want from a superhero show because it, it isn't really about the plot. It's much I think the plot is the way things kind of fit together is reasonably clever. Um, I think in the final episode, it gets a little too caught up in the plot and in some of the twists and not and you kind of lose sight of the characters. But aside from that, it feels like a show that's much more about characters, much more about emotions and I think that is exactly what I wanted from it. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, I mean, the set pieces are awesome in it. And I do wonder, also, I don't understand, is My Chemical Romance now more important than they ever have been? I feel like <laughs> somehow they are. What? Well, they're, they're back now, right? They, they had a hiatus <laughs> and they just had a, a reunion show with the implication that they're going to do more shows. I just see a lot of, content around my chemical romance and a lot of appreciation for them so oh, there's some kind of a renaissance going on in my chemical romance romance <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool yeah I didn't, I didn't know about the renaissance so that's news to me thank you for passing that along <laughs> um but it's it is i it's agree with really everything you good. said though anthony yeah yeah, it's a super fun show, and it's like, uh, yeah, the plot is, I agree, it's like enough to, like, the plot is a mechanism for driving all of the individual character plots forward, and th- those are where the real value is, and that's, like, why it's it's great, and why I want more of it, too, right? Like, uh, that's one I'm really excited um, for, for follow-up seasons, because to me, it was, it was... It was good and it was it was fine as its own thing, but it's also like there's so much more work left to to be done with these characters and I'm excited for them to do it. Although I don't want them to be kids the whole time because that'll be annoying. <laughs> right. Now, not, All right. We won't say anything else. That way it's not a spoiler. 
right? Oh my yeah. god, it's such a spoiler. Okay, I didn't even remember you. that part. You just like ruined my rewatch. Thank you. Um, we're on number three, right? I can go. Number three. My number three is When They See Us on Netflix, which I know is kind of like a dark choice because it's not very easy to watch. But I also just like if you're looking at 2019 and all the eyeball resources I spent on TV, I just feel like that's the one that really made the most like impact long lasting impact where like, I just still think about it and I still, it like really, I really felt it, you know? And it, I don't know. It just, I just thought it was an important thing. And I think it's still an important thing for everyone to kind of take the time to watch it. It's four hours and it's really intense, but it's just really good. It's really beautifully shot. Like it's not just, the story itself that makes it so great, but like the acting and the music and, you know, the way that it was shot and the way that the story was told and how it jumps through time, like all were just like so well executed on um, that. It's just a great, it's a piece of art really. Um, and I just, I really loved it. So I put it on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Um, I think it was, partly just because it was so hard to watch at times it didn't it didn't really sort of pop into my head when i was making this list but definitely one of one of the best things i've seen this year yeah i agree i yeah it also didn't make mine but mine was much more popcorn oriented i would say so that most of my, this is my one non popcorn entry it just <laughs> felt like it needed it re- it just felt like it needed to be there. I don't know. It just was yeah. so fantastic. Yeah, and I w- I did think I was like, oh, what was the good serious content that I loved? And I was like, I don't know. I was drawing a blank for some reason, but that was that was definitely on there. Uh, I think because I, I I briefly considered Marriage Story, and I was like, eh, it wasn't one of my favorites. It was good, but whatever, it was fine. And then I, also I also considered Years and Years, which feels like oh, yeah. not like when they see us, but the same kind of hard to watch like makes you feel something but it's hbo and it didn't feel like it was fair to put it on this list yeah the other one that i keep thinking about lately which doesn't make any sense at all for multiple like is invalid for so many reasons is <laughs> inside lewin davis which like i just love so much and then i'm like well it's a movie from what five years ago and, uh, and the theatrical six, release six years ago yeah okay, yeah but- Great movie. Great. Absolutely great movie. God, so random. I love that you were like, I've got to make this list. What should be on this list? This six-year-old movie that has nothing to do with anything. I'm glad you didn't put it on there, though. That, yeah, that was I the right <laughs> But you it's still not mentioned it. not an honorable it. mention. Well, I mentioned it, so I guess. It's not an honorable mention. It's a dishonorable mention. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Who's number three do we have left? I think it's Anthony. No, I did no. mine. Uh, Daryl hasn't gone oh, yet. He Darryl. just did his. We just reacted. I, I thought his was Umbrella Academy. I'm sorry. I oh, okay. I mean, I thought yours was because I assumed it would be. Anyway, what's your number three? My number three is uh, The Witcher. Oh, it, I wow. Loved I loved it. I can't. Recency. Uh, it's recency, but it's also, it's the most pure fun I think I had with any tv show where i was just like this is exactly my style i mean it probably helps that i played that video game for probably i don't know that was a long video game like 80 hours at least but 
like the the third iteration of that video game but like just had everything had everything i needed and it was <laughs> i think it was also the the effect that it came out in the same year that uh game of thrones ended and was so disappointing that had something to do with it oh shit i just thought of another thing that i wanted to put on this list but just uh, i feel whatever. like the chasm created by game of thrones is like shining a light on every tv show i feel like like we're yeah, all yeah. looking for like what fills the space and yeah. sometimes it's like a stitch a stitching together of like a handful of shows because i don't yeah think... that's exactly what i was thinking of when i thought of this other thing but i won't say it in case it comes up. what is it well it was the expanse because i just started watching season four finally like the, the expanse is my show for treadmill runs so i watch it at the pace of how often i run on the treadmill but oh god uh, season four feels so good after episode one it's just like whoa this is and it really feels like they let the uh the dog off the leash i guess i don't know like mostly that's represented the most obviously and just there are more swears versus when it was on sci-fi but it feels like a a, a different show in a very good way but the same show also in a good way you know it like took everything that was good about it when it was on sci-fi and then thanks to amazon they can like do more swears and it feels better and more grown up i don't know more swears equals better no heard um no i agree i i finished it actually season four i it was like the first thing i did when i landed back home from christmas break on the weekend and it is really good. You're absolutely right. I love that. And it should have been on my honorable mentions. It should be on something, but it's not. But The Expanse is fantastic. And this latest season, I feel like, gets you back on track. Because season two, for me, kind of lost me a little bit. And then season three was trying to get back there, but it was really hard to because we were so lost. And season four feels like I know exactly where we're at. And yeah. I'm But it I'm also, but, it. like, that felt to me like a part of the... Like when I what I was looking for in the Game of Thrones um, last season was partly what is there in Expanse and partly what is there in The Witcher, right? Like it's like these are the the shows that I've like. Oh, these are these are just better. These are like filling the unrealistic expectations that I had for that show, and they also don't have any of the baggage that 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 show needed to kind of cope with, right? Right. I'm with you on that. I don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not fully with you because I haven't seen The Witcher yet, but I am with you in the idea of like patchworking together your Game of Thrones replacement and The Expanse would be a part of that for me as well, I think. But The Expanse also fits into my just like space addiction. Yeah, yeah, me too. Okay, that's good. So we're all through threes now, right? So now we're on twos. Yeah, Jordan, do you want to share your number two? Well, I can go first, but my number two we already talked about. It's C. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Which so, I still have not watched, but wow. now that I know it ranks so highly for you. I will I will check it out. Yeah, you got to do it. That's a good one. But you got to the only rule is that you actually have to pay attention at least to the first episode. Like actually pay attention cuz it's kind of slow, but I feel like there are a lot of details that like pull you in. I don't know that are important All right, i promise yeah you. i will say that in general i mean my weakness is that i'll drop shows very quickly 
But generally, if I'm actually watch, I don't have like a lot of shows where I was watching it while I was doing something else. Like if I'm watching a show, I'll actually watch it. So I would. Oh do yeah, that that's here. me. More me and Daryl. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I would say that by the middle of the second episode, because remember they they released the first three all together, and it was halfway through the second episode that I was like, I will watch this show until the day that I die or whatever, or it dies. But I was like 100% hooked halfway through episode two. No, no offense to C, but I I hope C dies before you do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> We're in this together. I'm with you on that one. Just whichever dies first, but that's how it's going to end between us. Uh, okay, so my number two was Marriage Story, which is the one movie on my list. It's probably it's my favorite movie of the year, and we talked about it just a couple weeks ago. But I just think it's like this pretty close to perfect, emotionally devastating story of this marriage. Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, I think, are both great. I would have liked to maybe see 10% more Scarlett Johansson in in the movie, but like what's there is very good. All the supporting characters are very good. And it just feels like a movie that just everything about it for me just completely works. And at the end of it, you know, I'm, I was pretty close to tears. Yeah. I really want you to movie. watch her. I will. I'll watch her and I'll watch C. Yeah. That could be your honorable mention along with, um, uh, inside Lou and Davis. Well, let's watch that again. Too. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I I hear you. We talked about it a lot. I I thought it was fine. It's good. Yeah. I good. I really I, I liked it. Good. It was my favorite movie I saw this year. I will say that. I. It's just that so much. I didn't even have a movie on my honorable mentions list. Like, TV for me has superseded. It's weird because it used to be the reverse. I think it probably still is a reverse for a lot of people, but like in my mind, it's flipped now where I consider uh, movies less impactful than, than TV shows, right? Like uh, just in general. Um, and I think that's like on all scales. I, like, I guess there are advantages, especially for like a serious work and when it comes to movies, but I, yeah, I think I, w- I would almost rather. Um, like st- start in on a new TV show, then then start a movie. Like whenever I have the option on weekends and stuff, now I just find myself going, "Well, I'm going to start a new show," as opposed to I'm going to watch a movie. Yeah, I feel like the the ratio of good movies to bad movies, the movies have the advantage, but that good TV shows are better, and the good movies that I see, I wish were TV shows. Like I saw, um. What's the one that's out right now? Not Uncut Gems. The one about Roger Ailes. Oh, uh, oh um, Bombshell. Bombshell. Yeah. Bombshell. Like I saw Bombshell and I found myself thinking like, what if this was like a 10 episode miniseries? How would I feel about it? And I think I would have liked it more. <laughs> you know? Although there is um, another show about the same subject matter with Ro- Russell Crowe as Roger mm-hmm. Ailes, but the loudest voice in the room. Did you see that? Mm-mm, I didn't. Yeah, I was it that. any good? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's hard to John Lithgow as uh, as Roger Ailes was pretty peak in my opinion. I don't. I've seen John Lithgow. I mean, obviously, we've all seen John Lithgow in a billion things. I watched him um, live once when I was 
um, in London in a Shakespeare play. And he is like, my respect for him went way up because he is just as like intense and like in the moment and present live um, as he feels like on screen. And he just captures these characters so well, but, and what's her face as Charlize Theron completely transformed. Like I, I didn't even recognize her. I was like, is that Charlize Theron? Is that, who I think it is it was just fantastic but it was also it could have been like longer and deeper and there's something about telling a story over eight or ten hours as opposed to two that just makes a difference in my opinion you know it weaves all these subplots and extra characters in and just feels much more fuller and richer yeah gives you a chance to see Jason Momoa just cut up so many more people and get cut up in different interesting (laughs) ways i mean that man has taken some damage he's got hp for days yeah yeah he yeah he's his stats his plot armor is outrageous (laughs) i'm never concerned he's gonna die either they they need to no like if he never seems not not jason momoa but like they do need to kill someone important pretty soon i feel like yes yeah, I would agree with that. Or we're going to not have his Game of Thrones-esque vibe to it. Um, okay, who who else has a number two? Oh, I haven't given mine. I better do that. What is it, Darrell? My number two is The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. I was wondering if Ow. that would get on on y'all's lists. Yeah, I found it. I, I don't think... I think it's one of the more perfect... Uh, just like things media things that exist for what it is right like i don't think anything threads the needle quite as well as that in terms of each episode length of episode like story told actors involved everything about it is just like in, in directors and whatever like the whole thing there's like i would say the second to last no Maybe third to last episode. There's one that's a little bit lumpy for me. Actually, it might be the second to last episode where I was like, oh, this feels nothing like the other ones. But then everything else was like great for for what I was looking for out of that. Uh, I like that it was, it felt episodic. Like it felt like um, these are sort of individual subtales, but they still all like didn't take away from the larger story that's being told. And um yeah i just i i really liked it it was it was probably i think i tweeted about this but it was probably my favorite star wars content since the original movies and i mean it was definitely my favorite star wars content since the original movies and it's probably like it's probably beats them if i'm if i didn't have uh nostalgia as like a finger on the scale for like altering my perception of the original movies I mean, I, I liked The Mandalorian, but I, and, and we did, so we did a review, but it was really just of the first, the first episode, I think. And, and, and in general, like, it felt like the first couple of episodes, it really felt like they were doing something new that I hadn't seen, at least in a Star Wars context before. But as the show went on, I didn't dislike it, but it felt like I knew where it was going. Like, it was like, oh, okay, I get it. I know what this show is. And every week it would be like a very solid delivery on exactly what I was expecting from the show. And so in that sense, it felt like it never really exceeded my expectations by that much. 
Yeah, that's fair. It it does. It's a yeah. It's a thoroughly predictable show. Um, but I don't. For me, it's like kind of like uh, what's a, what's a good example? Like, I guess like a figure skating routine at the Olympics. It's like I'm judging them on execution. Like they they provided ahead of time their list of how many tri- triple sow cows they're gonna do or whatever. <laughs> no, I like cows. <laughs> I love that. That that's two words for a cow, right? Triple sow cow. Yeah, it is. I don't know why the trick is named that. It's a real trick. And then the triple on front makes it really confusing because it sounds like there's two cows three times, six cows total. Yep. That does sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saved the Mandalorian. I, I'm not I watched like the first two episodes and I was feeling it, but I also felt like there was a lot of space in my life at the time. There was also a lot of Star Wars happening. And I was just prepping for Rise of Skywalker and watching old movies and stuff. And I just, I feel like I wanted to save it to where I could binge it when I really am, have a hankering for Star Wars. It just felt right. So I'm, I'm all about it still, but I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's good. It's also easy to watch uh, and to pick away at because of those, like, like things are relatively contained, I think. And then also they're pretty short, right? Like, uh, I think I don't know what the longest one is, but most of them are like forty minutes. Yeah, I think the longest is like forty-eight minutes, maybe. So nothing even gets that close to an hour in length, which is I think is great. Yeah. All right. Should we do our number ones? I think it's All time. Right. Who wants to go first? I can go first this time. My number one is Lost in Space. I feel like if you've been paying attention all year, it's probably the one thing that I've talked about in every episode of the show um the season two came out on like the 26th i think of december and it was fantastic it's just like it's clean family fun it's wholesome you know it still like feels kind of high stakes the stories like every episode has its own big problem and solution Um, but the season all comes together and it's one kind of overarching problem and solution. And I love all of the characters and the actors. I think like the dialogue is just what it should be. Like it's just kitschy and smart enough to not quite be fully realistic, but not so much that you're like, Oh, come on. Really? Like my least favorite part is that kid, the Will Robinson. He's just kind of too optimistic and like, He's my friend. Is like, he old all now? The time. I guess he's only a year older. Yeah, I mean, he does before. look bigger, and is and by next season, his voice will, you know, I think have really changed, and he'll he'll look very different. But he kind of pulled it off this second season. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it, but I loved it. I thought it was great. Lots of fun adventures. Um, I still, I, I haven't. I, I gotta get. I gotta finish last season. Still, I realized. I went back and looked, and I'm two or three episodes away from finishing last season and lost in space is that we were talking earlier about the thing where you watch a show and you're doing something else. This is the show where I sinned most egregiously in that way. I was like never paying attention to this show while it was on. And I really should have been because by all accounts, it would, it's a show I would very much enjoy. Um, so I, 
I kind of want to go back and rewatch all of season one before I even <laughs> dip into season two. Considering how much you love the Expanse's new policy on swear words, I don't know if you'll like love, love Lost in Space. Like it right. is very, like I said, it's very wholesome. Like it's something that I think Netflix intended you to watch with your 10, 11, 12 year old kid. Um, but I'm, I'm having a blast with it. Like it's fun. And every little, you know, they, they're really good about like, expansive tours of the universe you know like it feels like you're always seeing a different place or a new creature or a new solution to a problem and there always is the solution to the problem but it's the last thing you'd expect it's just fun and i love the whoever plays the mom what actress is that but she is just so awesome let's see lost in uh, molly parker yeah what else was she in is that who it is yeah that's her she's great anyways lost in space is my number one i stand by my decision i think it's fantastic again i'm going to spend a year waiting around and i'm going to watch it all in one day which is essentially what i did but it's worth it that's how good it is yeah i'll 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 do it i'm gonna see these ones this is definitely gonna this is on my list because i'm gonna run out of um expanse pretty soon and then what i'm gonna watch on the treadmill it's a great transition that's what i did i watched expanse when i got home and then i watched all of lost in space and then i had to transition to you luckily you season two was fantastic so it kind of got my mind off space but i really just wanted more expanse and more lost in space after i finished both of them so lost in space is a good transition from expanse that should be pretty easy okay cool all right well um i i can do my number one unless you want to do it daryl no, I guess go for it. Go for it. Wait, okay. Um, does anyone want to guess what my number one I wanna, is? I kind of want to decide which of you is going to have the better number one. Though. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean even? Well, I mean, like, you know. The closest to Lost in Space? No, no. <laughs> Not the closest to Lost in Space. Just which one I'll actually like better. The best to me. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to... Hmm. I'm going to give it to Anthony. I'm going to give the Anthony the edge, mostly because I feel like Daryl didn't think hard enough about his list. Oh, I thought real hard about this one, but I do feel like it's probably not going to be your favorite one. Okay, let's let's hear Anthony's first. Sure, yeah. Maybe I'll hate both of them, probably. Let's do it. Okay, so my number one is Russian Doll. Oh, I don't hate that. That's good. Russian Doll was on my honorable mentions. That was my second honorable mention. Oh, look at that. Or my first Natasha Leone for the win. Yeah, I only watched it recently. But yeah, I, I yeah, I just I think it's it's pretty close to. Um, I think I mean it's like the fact that it does this sort of variant on the Groundhog Day formula, but as an episodic TV show, like really uses the format in an interesting way. I think both of the two main characters are really interesting. There's this sort of twist about two or three episodes in that I just loved. Um, I thought the finale was really good. It's one of those shows where it um, does, you know, it both wraps up the story, but like you can, you know, it feels to me like it's done, but like when they were like, oh, we might do a second season. I didn't hate that idea. I wasn't like, oh, this is, you know, such a perfect ending that you have to stop it there. So I'm like, I'm, I'm curious what they might do if they do a second season, um, but it also feels like it, it's completely contained on its own um i think you know partly it's it's especially the natasha leone character who's this woman living in new york city in her mid-30s that just it felt like like so much of that felt very real felt very relatable i you know just 
emotionally connected with her a lot. Um, and then there's like specific effects that they have, like the way the universe kind of, so she, again, the, the setup is basically this woman who keeps dying and then like resetting to like the beat to the middle of her birthday party. And as each time she goes, it becomes more and more noticeable that the the world is becoming emptier and, and everything is kind of falling apart. And the way they show that is just really spooky and eerie. And, and for me, like the way like her friend just like, you know, calls her a sweet birthday baby every time, but like the room just gets emptier and emptier. I, I just like have been thinking about that the whole year. So I think that of all the streaming shows I've seen this year, Russian Doll is, is probably the most perfect. Yeah, I, I yeah I really like, enjoyed it, and I put off watching it for a long time, uh, and then I watched it. I think I watched it pretty much like uh, entirely on the flight back from Berlin, maybe. But it, it was it was really good. Yeah, it, the I agree with everything you said about it. I think it's like so smart, so smartly written, and then also um so well shot like it was a really nice thing to look at too it had this dark color tone thing that i really liked like the palette of uh uh all this especially the indoor scenes like around the party or whatever but i i agree also that i'm like i don't need more of this but i i'm open for it like i'd be curious to see where they go um yeah i i, I liked it a lot I, I liked it a lot because i liked how it knew like this is going to be evaluated or viewed in the tradition of groundhog day. Right. And so we have to make sure that it's not that in ways that are important and meaningful. And it is, and it isn't right. Like it's like, yeah, it's quite, quite different than, than groundhog day. I liked it as well. Yay. I'll like, I'll like it good uh okay is it mine it's mine yeah uh so you i feel like you should have been able to guess this one but uh well whatever we can just go right into it it's uh terrace house tokyo 2019 to 2020 <laughs> oh my god i'm glad i trusted my gut to go with anthony <laughs> wow i didn't i was not expecting that it's so I, good i know you love it but i didn't feel like you would love it to number one on your public uh, list i definitely did part two just came out and it was fantastic on netflix like i think it airs live on netflix japan but in uh, i think us and canada netflix it's coming out in, in batches and part two just came out and it was so so satisfying it's just like an immensely good show that i i there's nothing like it's true throughout from all the, for for the entire um multiple series of terraces but i don't find anything that i find so like compelling on an episode to episode basis where i'm like oh i just really want to see what happens next I, and it's it's amazing how superior it is to like uh, like north american reality tv right like i don't know to what degree this is more or less scripted but it's like it, it's it doesn't feel as scripted and yet at the same time it feels like the storytelling is like just f 
above and beyond, like way, way above anything you would get from any of the the North American reality shows. Like the the arcs are genuinely super, super interesting for individual characters, and I feel like that is not down to scripting and is in fact down to editing and like just clever production and arrangement. Because uh, if you then step back and just like write out. Uh, kind of like dispassionately what happened to character x y or z like it's it could be essentially nothing and yet it's like wow they had a really good compelling uh relatable emotional story like in that period where actually nothing happened right so is there a love story yeah there's oh, there's countless love stories like the the because the is thing there is one to like follow though like is there a jack and kate or is there like not uh in this season there's been a couple there i think a pervading thing like one of the one of the things that is most consistent about terraces is that almost none of the love stories come to fruition like they almost all sort of end in kind of like a uh like oh like missing timing or something and then just it kind of fizzles right like on right. one side or the other but both and uh, or it comes from an unsatisfactory conclusion where it's like well we'll see where it goes but but like that's part of the realism like it's like yeah like this is they're not gonna they're not like well we're here and we're gonna get married in three months because those we're are the moving conditions in of the show right? <laughs> right yeah so i think it's and it makes when the ones when the romances actually do go off it makes it like so much more satisfying but even when they don't, you're like, I can, it had a clear arc and it feels in the same way that like, I don't know, marriage story is like an example that comes to mind just because we were just talking about it. But like the best dramatic media is, is about imperfect relationships, arguably, right? Like the, the most interesting um, stories, cinematic stories that people tell or at least the most challenging are like ones where it's like, well, this doesn't have a pat perfect ending or anything like that. Right. And so I feel like that's the advantage of the, the kind of romantic subplots that pop up throughout the, uh, throughout terraces. And, and it's helped also by the, uh, this convention, which I've, I've definitely talked about before of like having the hosts watch with you and then express all those same feelings. Right. They're like, Oh, I really hope this goes off. Like, Oh, I can't wait for them to, kiss in the next scene and hopefully they do and then like you're like oh yeah like that's like what i feel <laughs> that's right. we're all we're all we all are watching this together and have the same feelings and then like you know see them frustrated and then they react genuinely to them and it's great wow because daryl you we could hear him kind of ranking things kind of live but it sounds like terrace house was always going to be the number one Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was the only one that was guaranteed. Everything else was just like wherever. Wherever. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean, this is the episode in which Daryl goes off on Terrace House. That's if it was a friends episode, that's what we would have to call it. The one where yeah. Daryl is in love with Terrace House. But good. I'm glad that you have something like that. I it's not I don't know if it's for me. I don't know if I have the patience really. And I don't pay close mm. enough attention. It's one of those things where it's like a lot of reading between the lines. Like not only is it being translated, so you're actually reading, but then it's like also seeing their expressions and like their, you know, uplifting moments and their deflating moments and stuff. And I just like don't have, I don't care enough to watch it that closely. 
And I know if I watched it that closely, I would start caring more, but it's just like, it's hard hump to cross for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. It, it. It's, it's tricky, but it's, it, it, I feel like if you do give it the chance, like it becomes an overwhelming addiction. Then you have to watch, go back and pirate <laughs> all the old episodes that are not available in English. And it's fun. I can promise you, I will never do that. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. I don't even like pirate the stuff I want to watch really bad. Um, is it time for some honorable mentions? I have three now. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's run through it. Okay, my my least important one is always be my maybe. It's the only movie that was on any of my my lists. Ali Wong and um, what is his name? Oh, yeah, Randall Park. Park. Randall Park. Uh, I just thought that was such a funny movie. Keanu Reeves in it is hilarious. Um, and it's sweet and it's cute. And I just, it's like, they're not good rom-coms anymore. Like that just went away. Rom-coms are not good anymore. They're either like super crude or um, just not really quite like a rom-com or they're just like too soft and kind of like not imaginative in any way. And this just felt like a, a fresh new rom-com that was actually good, you know, that I would watch more than once. So that's one of them. My other one is Tuca and Birdie, which I'm really sad was canceled, but Mm. season one in and of itself is just a gift. And if you haven't seen it yet, I think you should. It's like the only animated series, like adult animated series that I've ever really become attached to. And it's just really well done. Like it's, interesting to look at and funny and really clever with storytelling. I just like really enjoyed it. And my last one, which probably should have been on my top five list, but I don't know. You could maybe swap it out for you, which is another life. I'm, I can't wait for season two. I'm ready to go. I was surprised that another life wasn't actually in your top five. Yeah, I know. I, I just felt like it, it's not fair to everyone else. Like I love another life so much for the, (laughs) for the reasons that are so me that like, it just doesn't feel responsible to put it on my top five list, even though it probably is my number one thing I was excited about. I watched it like twice in a row, but it just doesn't feel fair to everyone else. It's just, it was like literally someone at Netflix was like, let's give Jordan Crook an amazing show. What should we do? Like, well, first call Katie Sackhoff. Let's set it in space, make it super kitschy and episodic and, we got ourselves a banger. Let's ship it to her. Like that's mm-hmm. what it felt like. And that's just not fair to put put that on my list, but it needed a mention for sure. Yeah, that I I thought of that one too, but I was like, oh, Jordan will mention it and then it'll be it'll be handled. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> what are your honorable mentions? Anybody have any others? Sure. Um I have so I would say the one that just missed being on my list, and if as I'm looking at it now, I, I kind of regret not making it my number four or five, was The Irishman, which is the movie that I could never convince either of you to watch, but is a very good movie. It, I, I guess maybe I feel better about it not being on the list just because I feel like people have talked about it so much, so there's really not that much more to say about it, but it is a very good crime movie. You should watch it. Um, and then... I also watched John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, which is just pure delight and joy. And it's this 
kids special that John Mulaney made and it's got these really fun songs in it and it it doesn't I think by the end of it the concept kind of started to 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 fade for me but um the the at the beginning especially I thought it was just like pure pure fun definitely worth watching and then I would say like actually the what would be at the top of my list if we were just doing all TV um, but and the one of which we reviewed on the show, but since it's not a streaming show, I, I didn't mention it. Is the the two best TV shows I saw this year were Succession and Watchmen. So, there you yeah, go. Succession is probably my number one show right now. Period. Like of yeah. all, that's the show that I want to see more of and that I love so much and still think about and want to use like gifs from and lines from. But yeah, it just didn't feel fair to put it on the list. But I'm glad you brought it up. Succession is my number one right now. Yeah, I would agree with that also. So that's like a clean sweep in terms of actual favorite show, but show that for criteria reasons or whatever doesn't isn't <laughs> Dumb roll. Thank you, Daryl. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. If succession counts, then inside Lewin Davis should count. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. That's why it's on my honorable mentions, not on the list. Uh, okay, Daryl. Well, my other honorable mention probably doesn't count for similar reasons, but like for me, it counts because I watched it on Hey You, <laughs> which is a reality streaming service that you can subscribe to that only has reality shows. And the show is Love Island Australia, which is just just fantastic. It's also not not, not it didn't come out this year. Well, this season two came out this year. <laughs> I feel like yeah. your your lists really kind of kind of <laughs> took a turn at the end there, Daryl. Yeah, the top content. When we got into the, the well, that's honorable mention, but it's my number one honorable mention. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Ranking the ranking part is hard. Um, yeah, it's great. I don't know. We just started watching it, and I love it so much. It's the trashiest garbage television ever, but it's fantastic. Highly recommended. All right. I think with that, we should probably wrap up. Uh, so before we go, though, just a quick reminder that you can always email us at originalcontent at techcrunch.com. If you have something interesting to say, we will read it on the air. And if you like what we do, we always appreciate it if you subscribe and leave a positive review in Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Cool. It's good. Bye.